Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you please bow your head with me? Heavenly Father, you've promised in your word that when it goes forth, your word will not return to you void, but will accomplish that for which you purpose it. And now we pray that you would keep that promise in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Our lesson for this morning is found in Luke chapter 13, beginning with verse 22 and reading through verse 29. And here's what we read. And he, that would be Jesus, went through the cities and villages, teaching and journeying through Jerusalem. Then one said to him, Lord, are there few who are saved? And he said to them, notice, by the way, he answers in the plural. Strive to enter through the narrow gate. For many, I say to you, will seek to enter and will not be able. When once the master of the house has risen up and shut the door, and you begin to stand outside and knock at the door saying, Lord, Lord, open for us. And he will answer and say to you, I do not know you where you are from. Then you will begin to say, we ate and drank in your presence, and you taught in our streets. But he will say, I tell you, I do not know you where you are from. Depart from me, all you workers of iniquity. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth when you see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God and yourselves thrust out. They will come from the east and the west, from the north and the south, and sit down in the kingdom of God. And indeed, there are last who will be first, and there are first who will be last. Here ends our gospel lesson for this morning. Please be seated. Some things are just kind of scary, aren't they? One time, uh, uh, our family went to the Six Flags Amusement Park in Atlanta, Georgia, and uh, they have this ride there that, that just goes straight up and comes straight down, which you would think would not be all that scary, except it goes way high. And that's the scary part if you're a little bit scared of heights like I am. But I got on that ride because I wanted to take part in something with my daughter, and she wanted to ride it. And Parents often do stupid stuff with their kids. And uh, we got about halfway up on that ride going up, and I began to think, well, this is indeed stupid stuff. And, and uh, when we got to the top, there was no doubt at all that, at least on my part, it was stupid to have gotten on that ride. And, but I, I, I was looking out. I made sure I didn't look down. I was looking out at the scenery. It was kind of neat. And then the ride tips you out like this, and, and so you, you can't help but look down. And then everybody was looking down, except for me, because my eyes were closed at that point. And, and uh, I didn't care if my daughter knew I was a coward at that point or not. I kept my eyes closed. And then we, of course, started down, and the ride brings you safely down. And, and uh, it's only scary to those who are sort of scared of heights, I guess, but... I happen to be one of those, so, so it was scary to me. Some things are just kind of scary. Some Bible passages are kind of scary. 
Our Bible passage for this morning, found in Luke chapter 13, is one of those passages, especially at the end, when it talks about weeping and gnashing of teeth for some people. Jesus had been asked a question by a person as he's passing through a village, and the question was very simple. It is this, are there few who are being saved? Jesus does not give a direct answer to that question. His answer is, in fact, kind of intriguing because it's an indirect answer and it's very telling. His answer involves a house and a door and some people. And he says, struggle to enter by the narrow door. What's interesting is this is an answer to the question, are there few being saved? doesn't actually answer that question. And it's as if what Jesus is saying to the person who asks is, my friend, you're asking the wrong question. You should be asking, am I saved? That's the right question to ask. And what of this door, this, this door, Jesus calls it a narrow door. It's a door to a house, but it represents something else. Because those on the inside of the door are safe from the weeping and gnashing of teeth that is going on outside the door. That's what makes this a scary story, is what's happening on the outside of the door. Notice also, and I've said this a couple times now, it is a narrow door. And apparently it is so narrow that it is a struggle to enter it. Now, let's assume, like the scholars do, uh, when they describe this passage, let's assume that the house, that is the inside of the house, represents the kingdom of heaven. What is it that is such a struggle with that door? It can't be struggling to open it because the door is already open. Listen to verse 25 again. Once the head of the house gets up and shuts the door, that's when the weeping and gnashing of teeth begin. So it's not a struggle to enter the door because the door is closed. In fact, if the house is the kingdom of heaven and the door of the kingdom of heaven is opened, why? Well, we know that's true because it was opened by Jesus, wasn't it? Because the sins of the world were paid for by Jesus on the cross. By his life, his death, and his resurrection, those sins were overcome. And there is no hindrance to entering that door. To getting into heaven, that is. Let me say that clearly again. Because Jesus has taken your sins away. Heaven is yours. Trust him. Believe it, because it's true that the payment he made for you upon the cross was your payment for your sins. Eternal life belongs to you. By faith, receive it. Whoever believes on me, he says, has eternal life. So if that's true, then what's all the struggle? Well, it is the struggle that Luther talked about when he said we must strive against the devil the world, 
and our own sinful flesh. And that word struggle is a strong word, and it means do not relax. The word actually is the, is the Greek word from we, which we get our word agonize. Agonize to enter that door, he says. Now, why is it such a struggle if, it's a free, if heaven is a free gift? I will tell you some reasons why. First off, it is a struggle because it is the only door that enters that house. And it's narrow. There are millions of doors out there, but only one enters that house. Millions of doors that are wide open and they're broad and they're easy to enter. They're all over the place. You can believe just about anything you want in this world, and there's a religion that will accommodate you and say, it's, it's, well, it's like a carnival barker on the carnival, right? Uh, saying, come this way, and another barker says, come this way, and enter my door. My door is easy to get through. It's not narrow like that door that enters through Jesus. This is a broad door. It's easy to enter. You can believe whatever you want in this world, and the world will accommodate you in your beliefs unless you believe in Jesus. And then it does not accommodate you. And it will do everything it can to remove your faith in Christ. It's only one narrow door, and now you're surrounded by all these other doors. That's one reason why it's a struggle. To ignore all those other doors is a struggle at times. At least it has been for me sometimes. But it's a struggle, secondly, because we are living in a place, that is, this world, of which Satan is the prince. You forget that sometimes like I do? He's called the prince of this world. And he constantly has you under surveillance. And me too. And his goal is to destroy your faith in Jesus. He will put roadblocks in your path. He knows your every weakness, and he knows how to exploit them. Why else do we keep succumbing to the same sins over and over again? It's a struggle because what the devil is going to do is attack the one instrument by which you hold on to Christ, and that is your faith. He does that in a lot of ways. Sometimes it's by temptation to sin. Sometimes it's by false teaching, but he will work to destroy your faith, and it's going to be a struggle. Sorry, my mind was distracted for a moment by a scripture passage, but I think we won't say that one because it, it might get us off topic here. But it means, here's, so let me just summarize this, what a struggle is. A struggle means you're going to expend some effort, does it not? That's what a struggle is. You're going to have to expend some effort. Binge watching Netflix will not help you in the struggles. I'm going to say that. Entertaining ourselves with every spare moment will not help us in this effort. But there are some tools that God has given us that will help us in this effort. And that's why the Lord's Supper is so important. To take the Lord's Supper as often as you can. 
because it is a strength to us. It is, strengthens our faith. Reading God's word is vital because through that word, God is at work in you to will and to do his good pleasure. Prayer is vitally important for the Christian. These tools God has given us to help us in our struggle against the devil, the world, and our own sinful flesh. You may say, well, man, I've got to confess, I have not been striving, as Jesus told me to. I've, I've promised a thousand times I would do better, and, and I've broken my promise many times. Well, that'd make two of us who've done that. Maybe a room full of us who've done that. But the good news is that God's mercies are new every morning. He says that if we will confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from, from them all, from all iniquity. So take his grace and believe it, and then take up the struggle. That is the Christian life. And the peace of God that passes all understanding will keep your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.